Amen. Good morning. Welcome to Communitas Church. My name is Mike Gary. I am the pastor here. And Communitas is a church that exists to love God, to love people, and to build disciples who walk in grace, grow in their faith, connect in groups to explore their gifts and generously use those gifts to serve in and around the Brainerd Lakes area and around the world. So we have we worship this morning in a number of ways. Worship is not simply limited to our singing, but to the way that we live. So we worship this morning by coming together, gathering as a people. Uh, we worship by singing songs. Uh, we worship through the giving of our tithes and our offerings, stewarding what God has given us and uh, trusting Him to, to use those resources well. And, and we'll worship in a little while through listening to the proclamation of God's Word and, and, and the preaching. But before we do that, we're going to worship through communion. And so communion is, is a pretty interesting kind of way of worship, right? It's, we worship through eating, which is, I mean, in the West, we're like, yeah, we can, we can do that. Potluck, yeah. But it's, it speaks to something far deeper, right? Because when, when we look at it, we go, well, it's not really much of a meal. You know, there's two plates of crackers, three trays of juice, they're gluten-free, and you know it's a, just a little bit of juice. Nothing too special about it. You know, we just get it at Costco. Not really much of a meal, is it? But it's symbolic of something deeper. Some symbolic of something greater. And, it, and it's here to remind us and to affirm us. And so, what it does is it it's, it, it affirms that those of us who, who who take it, it's a it's a proclamation that we are following the Lord. And so when we gather in a group and we see people coming together that are following the Lord, it encourage us, encourages us in our faith. And it serves as a reminder to us as well that our life is not our own, that our life has been bought, it's been paid for, and it's come at a price, a very high price, and, and that we are heirs as a result of that to the heavenly kingdom. And so what we do here is we practice what's called open communion. So that means you don't have to be a member of Communitas to, to take communion with us. We just ask that if you are a follower of Jesus, that you would join us at the table. And uh, we're going to take a few moments in silence. And uh, so kids, when we do this, we're going to go ahead and try to be as quiet as possible. And we know that that's difficult sometimes, right? Because like, you just want to wiggle a little bit. Or, you know, and there might be something pretty interesting that you're, you're thinking about that you want to share, and that's okay. So we're just going to wait on that a little bit. And so adults, uh, we, will, we will exemplify that as well. And, and we'll be patient. So parents, if, if you've got kids that, that make noise, that's okay. We're not going to, you know, and, and other parents don't look around and shame parents with noisy kids because you probably had noisy kids at one point. And if you didn't, well, publish a book on it or something. I don't know. Um, but we're going to take some time in, in silence just to, to examine our lives and to, to quiet our minds and still our hearts. And I want you to be thinking about who is God and what has He done? And, and who is Jesus and how did He live His life and how does, how does our life reflect Jesus' life? And then who is the Holy Spirit and what is the Holy Spirit doing in and through me? As we go through and we think about maybe the last few days, the last few weeks, the last few months, 
There may be certain sins that are, that are convicting us. And so we're going to ask that the Holy Spirit would continue to do that. And there may be some things that we're doing that are, that are good, and so we want the Holy Spirit to confirm us in those actions. Also that we would better convey the gospel to those around us. And so there may be people who come to mind that you think, yeah, they, like, they need to hear this. I need to encourage them. I need to come alongside them and build them in the faith. And so this is a good time to acknowledge that and to think about that and to pray for those people. But ultimately, we want this time to be a time where, where we just listen. Because it isn't very often where we get a group this large that sits in silence and all listens as one, is it? So this is a pretty special time. So we're going to take some time, as I said, to think about who is God and what has He done? Who is Jesus? What is, how did He live His life and how does my life reflect His? And who is the Holy Spirit? And what is the Holy Spirit trying to do in and through me? And if you're here and you're just like, I have no idea who this who God the Father is, God the Son, Holy Spirit, no idea. Well, we're glad that you're here. You're among a good people. And I just encourage you to take the time to, to ponder those same questions and listen to what the Holy Spirit might be speaking to you in this time. And so I'll pray for us. And then as you're ready, just come on forward, grab the elements. Uh, if you're in these two sections here, there's a few more of the elements set out to your right. So if you want to head that way. And then this section over here, uh, if you want to use that table over there, um, we should have enough uh, for everyone that way. So I'll pray. We'll spend some time in silence. There's no hurry. As you're ready, come on forward, grab the elements, bring them back to your seat. I'll read some words from Scripture, and then we'll all partake of this meal together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this meal. And Jesus, we, we thank you for the way that you, you lived your life and you've invited us into this. And Holy Spirit, we pray that in this time of silence that you would speak to us. Open our ears, quiet our minds, and still our hearts so that we can hear from you. Help us to be more concerned about, about you than about the distractions around us. So, Father, we thank you for this time to gather together, to be with one another, and to listen. Speak to us that we would obey. The last time that Jesus was together with his friends, they, they were sharing what's called the Passover meal. And it was this really big deal. It was kind of like the state fair, but for a whole country, for a whole group of people. And it wasn't just about food and, and seeing farm equipment and food, cool things like that, but it was, it, was this, it was this high point in their religious history. So it was highly sacred. And so they all, so just this great mass of people had come to town and, and Jesus with some of his friends tucked away in this rented room to share this meal. And this meal was a meal of remembrance. You know, we, we have meals like this where we, we celebrate a meal and we think back to things that had happened previously. But what Jesus did in this meal this time with his disciples was help them to understand that it wasn't just about remembering a past event, but it was about remembering a past event to identify the future. It was heading towards something. It was history with purpose. He was saying that, all the, that the purpose is me. The purpose is found in Christ. So they wouldn't just remember that yeah God did something a long time ago, but that God is continuing to do things 
and leading us out of slavery every single day. And so as they were eating, he took the bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to them saying, take and eat, this is my body. And then he took the cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Lord, we thank you for your forgiveness and for this covenant that draws us into uh, what you are doing. So we pray that we would participate in that and that by your spirit we would continue to grow more and more in your likeness. Amen. Okay, at this point there are some blue buckets that will be making their way around the room. Feel free to throw those cups in there and we will dispose of them for you. Uh, we got Mr. Seth Spiegel is going to come on up and read the scripture passage today. We will be in Ephesians. We'll be reading chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. If you think, didn't we do that last week and the week before? Yes, we did. Yes, we're, we're just going to kind of hang in there. And the reason that we're doing this we're, is we're going to be in Ephesians uh, for the better part of the next year. And you think, well, Mike, we did... 28 chapters of Matthew in six months. Surely we could do six months or six chapters of Ephesians in like a day or two, right? Uh, we could, but uh, at times it is good to see uh, to go through the scriptures somewhat quickly to see the overarching story, like we did with Matthew or like we did with the Casket Empty series. And at times it is helpful to slow down and to take note. And so with Ephesians, we're going to do that. And what can happen is, is we can get too particular. We can, we can get too small. We can get too focused. Um, I don't know if anyone out there has ever had the, you know, you kind of over fixate on something and you lose sight of other things that are really important. So one of the ways we're going to try to mitigate that, one of the ways we're going to work against that is we're going to read the same piece over and over again. And then we'll just focus on 9 and 10 today, but I want to make sure that we see that within the rest of its context. So, uh, the book of Ephesians, uh, if you have a paper Bible, feel free to pull that out. Ephesians is a New Testament book, so as you're flipping through, you'll see uh, you know, Romans, then you'll get a little bit further, and uh, you'll see Galatians, then you'll come to Ephesians. If you start seeing things like Philippians and Colossians, just flip back a little bit to your left, and you will find Ephesians. Uh, if, that, if you don't have a paper Bible with you, feel free to take out a mobile device and tap swipe, do whatever else you need to do to find it there. If none of those options are preferable to you, the words will be displayed on the screen behind me. So Seth, whenever you're ready. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the Beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been 
predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Amen. Thank you, Seth. And Father, thank you for your word and the way that it has been preserved throughout the ages. And we're thankful that we in this country get to read it and discuss it freely without fear of persecution. And we pray for the church around the world where that is not the case, and that we would work toward the ending of that. Amen. Okay, kids, before you go, does anyone remember when we went through the casket empty? When we talked about casket empty, does anyone in here remember that? I know it was like a year ago. There was a lot that's happened since then. Does anyone remember when we talked about creation, Abraham, Sinai, kings, exile, temple, expectations, Messiah, Pentecost, teaching yet to come? Nobody? Huh, okay. Well, I guess I'm just up here talking to myself then. Um, well, one of the things that, that we remembered was that, uh, I, that I, I hope we could, we could talk about real quick was we'll remember that, that, we have, that God is making all things new. And it, we remember in that story that, that he starts in a garden and he moves to a city. And so if we can remember that, we'll, we'll come back and the adults and I will talk a little bit more about that and you can chat with your parents about that later. There, it, this is the time of our service where uh, you can head out toward that door and Heidi and Tim and Pam and Jewel and Scott I have a great lesson for you planned today. And so, Lord, we thank you for Heidi, for Tim, for Pam, for Jewel, Scott, and for Chloanne and for Jim and their help with the kids program this morning. Lord, we know that it is not a second-class occupation to disciple your children. And we pray as your children, Lord, that we would continue to grow in maturity and likeness to you. Amen. Okay. So, last week we made oatmeal. That was kind of neat. Does anyone remember oatmeal that we transformed into brownies? Talked to a few people afterward. It seemed like on, on Potluck Sunday, like that would have been a good time to have brownies, right? And uh, a few people said, hey, what, you know, what happened to those brownies? Or that, that oatmeal, quote unquote, that you made. Uh, well, I took it home and I baked it and it was delicious. So, yeah, there's that. <laughs> and it, right, there's a little bit of disappointment, right? Like, oh, what? You didn't bring some back? Right? Like, do we, did anybody else feel a little bit of like, oh, he's, he's going to talk brownies. Maybe we're going to get brownies later today. And then when I say, oh, I took them home and baked them and they were delicious, you'd, anybody else just feel just a tinge of disappointment? Yeah. That'll happen. So last week we talked about lavish grace and how um, the Lord lavishes grace upon us. And he does this in three If you're a note taker, you can feel free to write these down. So three ways that he does this is, is through the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit revealed in, in the Word of God and then the Holy Spirit revealed to us uh, through prayer. So lavishes grace on us by his Holy Spirit, uh, living and dwelling within us, his Holy Spirit uh, through the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit in 
prayer. I want to talk to you briefly about uh, my friend Bob. So uh, I've got a picture of the Haman fire. Is anyone familiar with the Haman fire, 2002, out in Colorado? So this is my friend Bob's ranch. Now imagine if you woke up one day and you looked out the window and for the better part of the last 30, 40 years you've been working um, on this ranch and uh, kind of growing your business and, and that is what you saw coming down the mountain. Would you be a little bit more disappointed than we all just were over brownies? Or like, would this not, like, would this sting a little bit? Yeah, so Bob had to, uh, had to evacuate. This is a guest ranch, so he'd bring people in to kind of give them a retreat, give them some time away up in the mountains. And, uh, and I mean, the whole valley, I mean, just thousands of acres burned. It looked like moonscape, and um, yeah, but we'll we'll get back to this. So, yeah, I mean, Bob had to leave; like, didn't go back. He's like out of his home for a couple months, whatever else. We'll we'll come back to that in a little bit. Um, let's get into Ephesians chapter one. As I said, we're in three through fourteen, and we're going to highlight nine through ten. So, making known to us the mystery of His will, according to His purpose which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite what things? All things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. So God is uniting all things in Christ. God's shown great when the broken participate. Okay? So got another picture of uh, our friend uh, Plato up here, I don't know if anyone's ever heard of Plato, the, the philosopher, not the kid's tactile toy. Uh, both are fun, um, and uh, both can be educational. So Plato lived about 400 years before Jesus did, and, and um, he and this guy named Socrates, who was his teacher, and then uh, and, you know, they, they developed these, these schools of thought, and then Plato had this student. His name was Aristotle. I don't know if you've heard of Aristotle. Um, and then Aristotle went on to teach this guy named Alexander the Great. I don't know if you've heard of Alexander the Great, um, but he conquered most of the known world in the uh, most of the Western world are uh, kind of known. Uh, yeah, most of the the, West, the known world in the West. There we go. I think I said that properly. Um, and uh, and so by the by the time that Paul is is hanging out in Ephesus, this way of thinking, this kind of this this philosophical mindset was was fairly pervasive throughout that culture and throughout that time. And so it's important that we think about that as we consider Paul. Um, and so and so Plato's big thing was was fulfillment. I mean, if you he had a couple different things, and a lot of these philosophers they were looking for fulfillment. They were trying to figure out how do we gain how do we grab a hold of how do we attain fulfillment can anyone else relate to this right like we look for fulfillment in certain ways it's 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 kind of hardwired into us we want to be whole we want to be united and so whether you are uh, ambitious or whether you are not whether you um you know are are 
just kind of how you do things, whether you are excited about going to school, excited about going to work, or you're not excited about going to school, you're not excited about going to work, kind of you know, can, can start to tap into this fulfillment piece. You know, what are we doing? How, are we, how do we function? And so Plato and, and many of the Greeks, they were looking for fulfillment in these universal ideas. You know, kind of, I want to boil it down to, you know, to its simplest, but also to its, its most universal. And it wasn't necessarily about uh, a person, but it was something out, outside of time and space. And we, too, long for that fulfillment. We, you know, the Scriptures speak about creation groaning. Imagine the, uh, you know, walking through after a forest fire and seeing just charred trees for acres upon acres upon acres upon mile upon mile. Would you, would you begin to feel that sense of loss, that lack of fulfillment? Could you identify with the words of Scripture where creation groans in longing? And so that's and so that's hardwired within us. That's why when we don't get brownies, we're sad. That's why when when breakups happen, we're sad. That's why when when death happens, we're sad. When things don't go the way that we think they ought to, we don't feel this unity. We're sad. We're frustrated. We're anxious. We're panicked. We're impatient. And this is this is not new. Right? Like this is this isn't just, you know, you could this isn't just a, a 21st century American problem. This is in fact a universal problem. When Paul was was writing to the Ephesians, he's He's writing from where? Is he, is he sitting on the beach, eating grapes, chilling out, doing his thing, having some really nice you know, Greek yogurt and goat cheese and stuff like that? No, he's in prison, right? And so, he, so, so when Paul is writing to the Ephesians and he's talking about all things being made new and, all, and, and, and the Lord bringing together things in heaven and things on earth, He's not living this utopian dream. He's not in ecstasy. He is in prison. And it isn't to the universal that he clings, but to the particular. It isn't to a universal idea or thought or behavior that he clings to. It's a particular person. So often we can... You know, we can't, well, if we, if we just do this one thing, right? Like, let's take, I mean, how many, it's, you know, we're about a month and a half after the new year. Anybody try a new exercise or diet program or know anybody who did, right? Like, and there's always, oh, this is the one. This is the one. And there's, you know, we're going to boil it down to this is, this is the diet. This is the, the exercise program. This is, you know, whatever it is, it's going to, this is going to solve the problem. Or maybe you're having relational issues and you know you have a friend who's like, oh, I know you've read all these other books, you've talked to all these other people, but this is this is it. This is the book. It really breaks it down in the most simplest form and it's really going to help and transform your life. Because it's a universal thing. And then you read it and it doesn't happen and you think, well, I'm a broken mess. Because we're, we're placing hope in the universal as opposed to the particular. And so Paul, 
places his hope, not in this grand idea, because let's be honest, like Paul, what did he say? I mean, he was, he was like the sharpest of the sharp, right? I mean, he went to the best Hebrew rabbinical schools. And when he talks about his righteousness, what is, I mean, he was a Pharisee, right? Like this guy followed the rules. I know some of us think like, oh, I've done pretty well in my life. I mean, not compared to Paul. I mean, the guy had the Old Testament memorized by the time, you know, like I was learning to count. He's memorized the Old Testament. Pretty sharp guy. And so he understands that it isn't better education that will bring fulfillment. And he understands that it isn't just better action or if I just get into the right program, that that's going to lead to fulfillment. But fulfillment will come alone in Jesus Christ. And so that's why he can write from prison and say, yeah, I'm in deep pain, but it is not worth comparing the overwhelming glory of being united in Jesus Christ, being adopted into his family, heirs to the heavenly throne. And so let's talk a little bit for about this, this mystery. I when I was reading through this, is making making known to us the mystery of his will. And some of us, you know, we can think, yeah, God, like, why? Why are you keeping, you know, is, is it a secret? You know, because there's a, uh, you know, we get this, we, you know, we can, we can kind of get tripped up and we, we think like, well, is there maybe this universal thing? Can, we, can I navigate my way through there? But we find that the, the mystery is not a secret. The mystery is, is this scandal that God is going to use helpless, broken people to heal a hopeless and broken world. God is going to use helpless, broken people to heal a broken and hopeless world. That is the mystery. He says, we'll get into this later in chapter 3. He's going to say that he's called the Gentiles into the family, which is really good news for all of us, right? Like anybody here, a member of the nation of Israel? Like, this is important to us. This is good news because this is why we get to be here. We get to participate in this. God is saying that, yeah, the mystery has been revealed. You are mine. Welcome home. You are part of the family. I have adopted you. Can I get an amen out of that? I mean, like that's, that's good news, right? Yeah. And so why is this important? Why is it vital that we understand that, that we get to take part of this scandal of, of making all things new, uniting heaven and earth. Well, it's important because we've been invited to participate in this. right? So Jesus was sent to a particular people at a particular place at a particular time, sent to the nation of Israel in Galilee, in the, and, and you know, most of his ministry was 30 to 33 A.D. And so we as image bearers of God those who live our life like Christ are also sent to a particular people at a particular place at a particular time. God is going to work in and through the world, in and through his image bearers. I can't be in all the places that you can be. You can't be in all the places that I can be. But we, coming together, we gather together and then scatter out to the world around us so that we can bring this message of hope and redemption to particular people 
in particular places at particular times, in our schools, in our places of work, in our places of play, in our homes, family, friends, social work, or, uh, social circles, coworkers. And, and why is this vital? Well, our healing hinges on this. If you want to get grace, if you want to understand what it is to walk in wholeness with the Lord, then we must bring this message of hope to other people because we haven't been given so that we can hold on. We've been given so that we can continue to give. And so what happens if we don't? What happens if you say, I, you know, I'm just going to, I want to take this message and I'm just going to hold on to it. Well, what happens is, is we end up falling victim to that, that way of thinking of, well, if I just, if I think the right thoughts and just do the right actions, right? Like nobody in the church has ever thought, well, if I can just believe the right doctrine and just not sin too much, then I'll be okay. Nobody's ever thought that. Certainly not in modern and contemporary evangelicalism, right? Like we've never been concerned. We've never had any kind of fight over, well, you believe this thing, I believe this thing that are kind of mysterious and held in tension in Scripture. Nobody's ever fought about anything like that, right? Like we've, We wouldn't make a big deal of that. We, we do, right? Like we, we make a big deal out of these things. And then right action. Nobody's ever gotten down on someone else over, you know, what you, what you did, right? Like whether you should, you know, like what you should wear while you're in church or like what you should do outside of church or what you shouldn't do outside of church. You know, no one's ever really gotten bent out of shape about any of that. Certainly not in the last like 20, 30, 40 years of, of Western Christianity, right? Like nobody's, right? we do this. This is what happens. And what, and what happened, like, what's the rest of that look like? Well, what happens is Calvin would say that we, there's this guy named John Calvin, um, and, and, and he wrote this thing and he said that we, when we do this, we strip Christ of his title as mediator. And I was like, oh, like we just, you know, and we dishonor the throne. Because all that, what's standing between us and God's wrath is Jesus. And what delivers us to mercy is the hands and the feet of Christ. And so when we try to do it on our own, when we think that, oh, if I can just think the right thoughts and do the right actions and, and squeak it out, we, we take Christ off the throne and we attempt to put ourselves on the throne. We strip him of his title of mediator, his title of savior, and we try to put ourselves there instead. And we make really crappy gods, if we can be totally honest. And so what's going to happen is, see, it, so it doesn't hinge on, on better thinking, better acting. This all hinges on better union. Union with Christ. So Christ is concerned about our thinking, right? He is concerned about our actions. This is why we're told, you know, we'll be transformed by the power of the renewing of our mind. And we're told to do very specific things throughout the Scripture. But it isn't by these things that we are saved. It is whole, and those aren't the standard. The standard is holiness and blamelessness. And these are only attained by transformation through the Spirit. That is our measure of success. 
It isn't, oh, I, I memorized some scripture. Oh, I thought this thing. Or, oh, I read some books. Or, oh, I'm not doing this thing anymore. Transformed life by the Holy Spirit is the measure of success for the Christian. And so if we don't get this, we'll continue to walk in brokenness. We'll continue to strip Christ of his position. Jesus is the head of the church. Jesus is who is holding all these things together. Jesus is the one who will continue to make all things new. And whether we believe that or not, it is true. And some of us, we can run into this where we go, gosh, there's, but what about the pain? What about the suffering? What about the darkness that just seems to never go away? What about, what about, what about? And these are all fair questions because God is deeply concerned with your pain and He is deeply concerned with your troubles and your brokenness. But I'll say this. When we, when we think that the pain is too much and we start to question the goodness of God, in time, the rebel will be judged. The saint will be restored and death will be put to death by the death and resurrection of Jesus. This is why Paul says that the pain isn't worth comparing. Can anybody think about a, a time where you experienced deep, deep pain, but it was worth it? Do we have any mothers in the room? I was in the room and like that looked horrible. There was lots and lots of pain, but in the end, it was worth it. And so, what do we do about this? Knowing that God is uniting all things in Christ and that God is shown great when the broken participate, how do we, what do we do? We participate, we get some skin in the game. And so we take this lavish grace which has been lavished upon us and we lavish it on the world around us. Through the Spirit, through the Word, and through prayer. So we haven't been given to hold, but we've been given to give. Earlier when we were talking about communion, we, we talked about how this meal is, is remembrance. Well, because does anybody here remember everything? Has anyone here ever forgotten anything? Right? Like, yeah, those who haven't been liars, right? Okay, so we forget. And so how do we walk in this grace? We remind one another of who we are in Christ. We remind one another of whose we are. And we do this through, through Scripture and through prayer being honest with one another about the glory that lives within us and the holy and blameless life that we're to live. Right, so this wasn't a secret. It was a scandal. And so often with, you know, is anyone else, ever, sometimes for me, the way that, that, that I get tripped up here is I look around and I think, why doesn't this person get it? Has anyone else ever thought that about anyone else, about any particular topic? You look at someone and go, why don't they get it? Right, like, and that's, that's our pride, and that needs to get put to death. 
Because in, in the process of this mystery being revealed, we need to be patient. And we need to be in prayer. And we need to be in the Word. Because it, it took a little while for me to get it, right? And I still don't get it every day. There's still plenty of days when I need to be reminded about who Jesus is and whose I am and who I'm to be and how I'm to live as a result of that. And that is an ongoing, never-ending process. As long as I'm breathing, there will always be room for improvement. We are in process. And this was the, the pickle with the Greeks. Is they're looking for this universal thing, this thing to attain, to get there, and to stop. And that's the exciting thing about, about walking with Jesus, is that it's a walk. There's a purpose. There's an intention. There's a long game. History has a point because it's moving. We don't just attain something and stop. That would be boring. But we continue to move and take part in a story. And that is wildly exciting. So we get to be, we as communitas. Now, remember we talked about this last week where, uh, so the books in, in uh, Scripture is written not just to individuals, but to groups of people, right? So Ephesians was written, was written to a number of people. And so its lessons are applied not just to us as individuals, but to us as groups. So what does this mean for us as communitas? Well, it means that we get to be image bearers of God to a particular people to, at a particular place in a particular time. The time is now. The people, the greater Brainerd Lakes area, and the place right here on the corner of of Ninth and Laurel. And so we gather here on Sundays to scatter throughout the rest of the week so that we can be the people who, with the mystery revealed to us, the helpless people going out to bring hope to a broken world. So we have been purchased from slavery and we are heirs and all of our deep longings and questions and desires are answered in Jesus. And so while what we do and what we think matters, who we are and who we're becoming is far more important. And so as we walk in grace and we're patient with one another, we also, remember we talked about how we have, there's also responsibility. And we have responsibility to one another, not simply to encourage, but also to confront so that we can better convey, right? We talk about this with our communion where we talk about we hope that the Holy Spirit would confirm the good things within us, convict us of the areas where we, we need improvement so that we can better convey to the world around us. And so are we, the question becomes, are we becoming a people who give what we've been given? Are you participating in uniting things in heaven and things on earth? Are there people around you that are walking in brokenness? Who are they? And how can you move closer to them? Some of you are already doing this. As a pastor, it's one of my great privileges to hear the stories of how this works. Like you have people that you remember chatting with someone going, I'm just, they're going, I'm not really sure that these people get it. And I'm like, well, they're like, you should, you should see what's going on. Like we have people that, that bring their coworkers here. We have people who are going out and trying to understand and, and read the scripture so they can go out and, and, and better convey these truths to the people they, they live with. 
to the people they work with, to the people with whom they go to school, to people they hang out with. Like, this is good news. Keep doing that. Keep going. You're doing great. And I know that it's hard. And I know there's pain. And I know there's frustration because we want people to get it. We want people to understand. You know, we see it. We see the glory and the grandeur of God. And we're going, come on! We can never play the part of the Holy Spirit. As we receive this grace, we need to stay consistent, preach the Word, and pray for others. You've maybe heard Scott tell the story about he was having some frustration and with some people at work, and Jewel said, well, have you prayed for them? And Scott says, you know, I, I haven't done that. A friend of mine was telling me about his, his son had gone to school and uh, out east, and, and he played on a football team, and, and there, were four, there were four of three other friends, so there were these four guys, and they would get together every week to pray. And there were four teammates on the football team they said we're going to pray for these four guys they don't know the lord and we just we just you know the lord has put them on our hearts and we're going to pray for them and so every week for four years these four guys gathered together and they prayed for those four teammates and by the time they graduated all four of those young men had become followers of jesus the same spirit that inspired these words lives within us and lavishes grace upon us, that we would be image bearers that would gather together and scatter to go out to be a particular people at a particular time in a particular place to show God's glory to a particular people. So my friend, my friend Bob, when he was, uh, he was, had to leave the ranch, uh, so we bring that fire picture back up. So he had to leave the ranch, and, and as he was leaving, a friend of his said, Hey, Bob, do you want to take, take another look before you leave? And Bob said, God's given me this ranch, and if he wants me to have it back, he'll let me have it. I've seen it. I'm ready to go. Can you imagine that? 30, 40 years of your, your life savings, your life work, everything. And fire's coming down the mountain. Like, I don't know that I have that. Yet God, Bob was a man that had been transformed by the Lord. Just looked down the valley and said, God gave me this. And if He wants me to have it again, He'll give it back to me. And if not, we'll figure it out. When we have that long game in mind, Eric, if you want to bring up the, uh, so here's here's that here's the area now. People have returned. Grasses are continuing to grow. Erosion's reduced. Is it perfect? Does that look like super pristine, ultra green, really awesome? No. But it's getting there. And so will we, when we join in the spirit, being recipients of a lavish grace, continually working toward bringing together heaven and earth, joining in Christ as He makes all 
things new. Pray with me as Kelly and Jen come back up. Lord, we thank You for the way that You work in us. We thank You that as long as we have breath in our lungs that there is hope and that that hope is in You. Not in an idea or in right action, but in right union. In being with You. Walking in Your ways. Being transformed by Your Spirit in accordance to the plan of God the Father who is working toward bringing all things together. Jesus surrendered all. Had every right to stay in heaven and allow this union between heaven and earth to continue. Yet he came. Paul could have continued on, had a great career, but he surrendered all. And there was pain and there was heartache, but they would both say that it is worth it in the end. So as we go out today, may we be filled with the knowledge that Jesus is enough and that he is uniting things in heaven and things on earth through us and that God is shown great when the broken participate and if you're still wondering then why we made brownies and didn't share them there's two whole pans of them in the back because we're not given to hold on to, but we have been given to give. So as you go out this week, may you give out of abundance. May you give out of the lavish grace that God has poured out for his people. Join us in the back for caffeinated beverages and simple carbohydrates and chocolate, quote unquote, oatmeal. And uh, have a great week. Go in peace.